Hey everybody, before this episode begins, I just want to let you know that Maria and I will be at RSA Conference 2023. So we will see you in April in San Francisco during the big show. We'll be having a party at FANG the Sunday before. Tickets are available on our website, cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com. And we'll be having a meetup and networking event at the Marriott Marquis on that Monday. So please visit cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com to learn more information about all the things we're doing at RSA Conference 2023 and hope to see you there. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing podcast, where we explore the hottest topics in cyber marketing, interview experts, and help you become a better cybersecurity marketer. And now a word from our sponsor, Hushly. Hushly is the first all-in-one buyer experience and conversion cloud. Hushly takes critical marketing products that need to work together as a single solution and brings them into one unified platform. With Hushly, cybersecurity marketers gain efficiencies, productivity, and scale while offering rich, personalized, and connected digital experiences to their prospects and customers. If you're looking to be more efficient and make account and contact level personalization a core part of your demand generation, ABM, and content marketing efforts, then take a look at Hushly. That's Hushly with no E. H-U-S-H-L-Y.com. And thanks Hushly for sponsoring our party at RSA Conference 2023. See you all there. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing. I'm one of your hosts, Gianna Whitfer, here with my fabulous co-host, Maria Velasquez. And today we are so excited to have James Kessinger. He is the Chief Marketing Officer for Hushly. James, we're so excited to have you on. I'm excited to be with you guys. It's been fun. All right, James. So before we get into our meaty, meaty topic, which is covering all sorts of things, including ABM, customer success, personalization, experiences, website experiences. Can you talk and give us some context on what you do at Hushly and what Hushly does? Yeah, sure. Thank you. It's great to be on as well. I'm James Kessinger, right? So I'm the CMO and the COO at Hushly. So I actually have responsibility for all of marketing, sales, customer success, and partnerships at Hushly. But my primary goal, because I'm a marketer at heart, is is really running the marketing team. And I started as the CMO about five years ago. And so Hushly has evolved as well. So we've gone from a single product, which was really just how do we prevent people from bouncing off of your page, right? So we called it abandonment capture. And we used really cool technology to basically just offer the content they came to see and let you kind of scroll through it and re-engage with that content and help people convert. And it worked great, but it's evolved. And so now we really are more of an all-in-one buyer experience and conversion platform. And I say this because now we offer so much technology and it's the critical elements of those technologies, right? So it's website personalization, it's content personalization, it's the capture aspect of it, and of course, all the analytics. What you're able to go do as the, as the marketer, as a cybersecurity marketer, is you can get all your gain your efficiencies and productivity, get scale, and you get to offer rich, personalized, connected experiences to your customers. And so whether that's going to be through 
account-based marketing, if it's demand gen stuff you've got going on, and all the way into, which we'll talk about in this episode really, is around the customer success. So really it's about how does that kind of blend all together? Well, I think we have a really meaty and interesting topic to discuss today. One that everybody is kind of talking about right now. I'm seeing a lot of mentions of the bow tie funnel, right? Which is marketing owning, not only that prospecting new logo revenue, but also contributing and even owning retention metrics. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. We're seeing it across both industries now, but I think first what we saw was cybersecurity kind of leading that um, leading that charge, if you want to call it that. I think it was interesting to watch the evolution because cybersecurity is actually heavily into ABM, which is interesting as well. And so what we started to see was using the technology, our technology at least, to also now move into the customer success, right? So marketing owning really from the beginning on the sales side all the way through post-sales, if you want to call it that, right? And, and into the loyalty aspect. And, you know, it used to be, I think before people would say, well, great marketing, go get some case studies and, and help us go feed the, feed the frontier. The reality is that I think customer success is looking at marketing and saying, hey, what can you do to help me? You've got a bunch of technology you use to go get these accounts. We need to basically activate these accounts, you know, get them to use our software, continue to have conversations with them, even if it's private conversations, right? So I think what you saw was security and cybersecurity marketers really more leaning into that. Again, we saw it in the mid-market more than we saw it, I think, on on the outer side, right? Again, because you've got really big companies that that do different things. But I think the mid-market, where you have marketing teams that are a little more scrappier, right, (laughs) and have to kind of go do things differently... And they're working hand in glove with sales, but they're also now working hand in glove post sales. So you have, I mean, which sometimes means you have to expand your team a little bit more because it is a bit of a different focus and you and you still have to do things. So I think that's, uh, it was an interesting thing that we started again. We started saying it probably about eight months ago, just to give you context. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I feel like also in cybersecurity from a revenue perspective, it's a lot easier to close a deal that's an upsell or cross-sell than it is to close a net new logo, right? And then sales cycles. And so it makes sense that a little bit of love and care is given to that side of the funnel, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, look, today, I mean, now more than ever, right? I think, and, and the big, I think what we see now is everyone's sort of leaning into this because of NRR, right? So you've got net revenue retention. I've got to worry about retention. Because as you guys know, right, it's easier to sort of continue to at least hold a customer and expand them versus getting a new one. And you're right, even true on ABM campaigns, right? When And I always say, what are you trying to do on ABM? Are you going after net new logos? Are you trying to do upsell, cross-sell? Or are you trying to expand wallet share? Like I've got a, I'm going after a big account, right? And there's multiple buying teams. I'm in one. And so I'm just trying to get expansion, right? So I think there's different ways, there's different tactics. I think what we ended up seeing was as people started to look at the expansion opportunities, they said, well, I need to bring in the CS team. And I think that's where the pivot started, especially again in cybersecurity. So I think that's where the pivot started was, hey, that's cool. I can do these campaigns, but gosh, I actually need to be able to communicate with them a little bit better too. Do you think we can talk about everything that's kind of going on with all of our new products? Do you think I can put my QBRs out here? So I think the retention piece is more critical now and just because of the recession. I mean, it's harder to get new accounts. You got to spend more money. It's a bigger buying team out there now and deals are taking longer. So I think everybody knows that if I can't shore up the back end, I sure as heck can't, you know, it's going to be harder to bring in the top of the funnel. 
And it's interesting you mentioned AVM as part of this process. Would you say that every net retention or every retention-focused marketing effort has to be ABM? I mean, I, I think it does, right? Or it is, or it by definition is. Yeah, I think it is, honestly, by definition, because you really are talking to the account at the end of the day. So that's kind of what you're trying to go do is you, you're not... You're not in in market accounts where I'm going to go choose and I have a message for these folks. You already have the account and you're hopefully your CSM knows what's going on and they have a good understanding of what some of the needs are. So I think it becomes ABM in the sense of instead of trying to send them back to the website to go, you know, oh, we've got a new product here, go to the website. You continue to keep them in an area that is just for them. Right. So your message should be pretty curated. Everything you're doing should be pretty curated. So in that sense, it is ABM. I mean, or ABX, right? The account based experience. So I think that's sort of where the critical juncture is, is you just you don't marketing didn't go away. I think that now it just be have the technology allows marketers, I think, to work further into that post sale activity. And I imagine the typical sales and marketing alignment in pre-sales is different post-sales, right? What are the critical teams that need to come around the table with full buy-in for ABM to work from an account-based experience perspective for current customers? Yeah, I mean, from that perspective, it dep- and again, it largely depends on how you're set up and, and how complex your product is. I mean, most of the time... And I can only speak, you know, from from what I see, right? So I think for for us, it's you've got to have your customer success team, right? The account team. If the account team is doing renewals, then they still need to be involved, right? So if if there's an account rep that, ha- so if you don't have that, and your CS team does renewals, then largely the rep goes back to hunting that, and that's it. You don't really see that person again. It depends on the dynamics, and then the rest of it on the customer side is going to be users, right? So you still need the users in there because they're the ones that you're going to want to educate and get through. You have the buying team, hopefully, already captured, right? And you have, and it's just a matter of how do you continue to communicate with them? And for that perspective, it's, I don't, here's not your onboarding document and stuff. That comes back to monthly reviews or quarterly business reviews where you're able to give the information, snapshots of, hey, this, you're getting an ROI. People are getting usage out of this, out of this product that, that you've sold them. And you've got an area for them to just get a quick snapshot. That looks great, understood. And so when it comes up for your renewal a year later, it's not you know something wild like, wait, what have you guys been doing for a year? You know, you actually have a conversation that you've had, even if they never, they never get on a call with you. They at least you've been, I guess you could say, nurturing to some degree. You could nurture them, right? Because you've been communicating with them, and you're giving them, you know, you're giving them information all year round. That is so vital in cybersecurity for all of us listening who are at security companies where, especially doing preventative technologies, right? Maybe preventative technologies and, you know, the best result of using your product is that nothing happens, right? You know, so having, in that case, you might need to bring in the product team too, as part of that whole team around that NRR to say, okay, like, how can we prove this ROI on this technology that is doing something kind of silently and isn't potentially sending a bunch of alerts out to a SIM or isn't doing a bunch of noisy stuff, which is what security buyers, a lot of security buyers want or because they have so many alerts they have to respond to. But then for us as marketers on this side of the house, when we have to prove that ROI and it's kind of like, 
well, you know, nothing bad happened. That's a great point that it should be that if you can like automate that, you know, there's no need for sales or whatever to have had a call. But if you could have been providing that information somewhere, that whole journey and are able to just quickly pull it up. That's really, I think, a valuable. Yeah. And I think that's it. I mean, these platforms, right, these experience platforms, they're not there to do your ticket management. You know, we're not there. If someone's got a problem, go open a ticket, right? And again, you as the CSM should have an understanding of how many tickets are open and that kind of good stuff. And if you want to track it in that versus somewhere else, sure, go ahead. I think the idea is it gives you the ability to have a consistent experience, consistent conversation, consistent place to go. And as you said, you can bring people into this conversation, whether that's the product teams and say, what's going on over here in this account, right? And here's who we have. Here's who we're having conversations with. Maybe you want to put a special offer just for them, right? And you're like, look, let's put it out. Send an email, drive them here. You know, put a video out there of, of your CIO yourself. Hey, here's what we're looking to do. We want to offer this to you guys, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you can have one-on-one conversations without having to get on a phone at the end of the day, right? You can make offers and let it be known. So let's talk data. And let's talk about what kind of infrastructure and data hygiene a company or a marketing team would need to actually make this happen. Before we dig into the tech stack, let's let's talk about you know those fundamental things that you would need. Yeah. So for I mean, so and again, we're broader, right? From a from our perspective. So and I'll I'll kind of lay it up a front, right? So Hushly, we are more of an all in one buyer experience and conversion platform. So data is critical for us because we're also doing not just the opt-in compliance, we're also doing the enrichment of that contact. And then we API that into your, into your marketing automation platform and, and wherever you go from there, right? Even for some people into their CRM. I think the idea is data decays, as everybody knows, right? It's like a 2% a month of that, right? So it gets down to a really when we look at opt-in and opt-in compliance, somebody who's a multinational account cares more about what's going on in, in their GDPR stuff. We did a lot of that database, if you want to call it that, where people dump their databases over Europe after GDPR. They're still in the process of rebuilding those over time. And so you need that double opt-in compliance. I think from our perspective, because everything starts in an experience, we're there to personalize, engage those people, those visitors with relevant either content or experiences, right? Page experiences, et cetera. And ultimately what we're doing is our technology is learning how people are converting and what converts the best, right? So it applies that back to when it offers content, what content it's offering, what channel you came in on. Was it LinkedIn? Was it a ad? Was it organic search? Whatever, right? It's learning. So it's learning about visitor behaviors. It's learning about you know who you are. And it applies that when it makes those recommendations and, and makes those experiences. At the same time, it's the same time for ABM, right? So ABM, you know, our whole thinking is it's not about the ad. It's not about the email you sent out. Those are great things to get people to do something, to take an action. The action is a click, right? You've got them. Your ad was great. It was personalized. It was their company. It was a great image. They click to go learn more, and they're going to land somewhere. The old days, they landed somewhere, and it was not a connected experience. The ad looked totally different than their website. You're like, wait, what, do I, what happened here? And I think that's where the experience platform piece comes in, is you're there to help provide a connected experience no matter what happens. And so for Hushly, it's about how do we take our customers 
and provide a better experience for them to offer their customers. So whether that's a content experience, a website experience, a total page experience, whereas if you're targeting a set of accounts or they're in a particular buying stage or they're on a particular journey and you've set those things up, those pages dynamically render. And again, that's that's sort of that whole context of you can you can try to use personalization, not at just the account level. Right, you can take it all the way down if you want to, as we talked about earlier. You can take it all the way down to an individual level, and you don't need a big marketing team. I mean, I use it, and I'm clearly not a big marketing team. I think we have everything from startups, mid, you know, mid market, all the way into the, you know, the large enterprise. It doesn't take a lot. What it does need is it it needs you to be able to stitch together an experience. You need content. I think is is sort of the content is sort of the fuel. If you think about it that way, right? So I think content's the fuel that kind of drives everything else. Because if you can't educate your buyers, then then it's sort of their why would they why are they there? James, can you give us like a because we're talking about the bow tie funnel and the front and the end ABM personalization experiences and and bring Hushley into this too. Like, can you give us an example of an end to end experience potentially using your platform so that we can envision? From prospect to retention, like what does it look like to create something that is so experientially driven to accounts and, and people? Yeah, sure. Here's what I say. It's, it's sort of, it's not demand gen, ABM, customer success. I think the idea is you can blend demand gen and ABM. Customer success is inherently going to be post-sale. So it is going to be a bit of a different experience. But the idea is if you brought somebody in, you can use that exact same page template and then just change the rep to somebody else. And, and instead of instead of now being the buying team that does it, it's now going to be the buying team plus the you know the, the actual users of the product, your product. So from our perspective on the front end side, I think that's where we shine, right? Because that's we have our roots in the demand gen side of the house and lead capture and the and the whole experience. So if you think about what marketers are doing today, and, and especially on the cybersecurity side, what they're ultimately trying to get is not just to get a lead, right? A lead for a lead's sake, right? The idea is I want to be able to get leads, but I need to understand how do I prioritize that? So if I've got three people from the same company who come in and they fit my personas and they fit my ICP, I should probably be doing something different with those people versus one person from one company who downloaded something. Okay, great. So we give people the ability to understand that, right? And we give people to be able to understand that. And then it's up to them to go however they want to do something once it's We've published it in marketing automation. They're like, hey, we have all this stuff. We have this attribution. They downloaded four assets, five assets, whatever, right? But they, they fit into this model of it's our ICP. It's these three personas that we care about. Let's move them through. Where we see now the blending of those two is the demand gen strategies of in-market accounts, right? So whether you're using demand base, Sixth Sense, I guess Rollworks is out there. ZoomInfo's got you know products, uh, Clearbits now, right? Bombora. So you've got all these various intent signals and, and intent data coming in. We take that data and operationalize it. So if somebody says, and, and I'll use a, a good Sixth Sense example. So if somebody's coming through today, right, and they're showing, you sent. Let's just say you've sent them an ad. An ad's out there, and somebody you're driving them to your page. They come in. Hushley is going to call up Sixth Sense. It's going to come back and it's going to give us a bunch of data. What we're going to care about is basically what we trigger on. In this case, you did it by buying stage. So there's awareness, consideration, decision purchase, right? In terms of that's how they've set theirs up. So if somebody's at one of those stages, we're going to dynamically drop them into that experience. So that experience is going to be, you set up a page around really just awareness or awareness consideration because people collapse those two. So your content, your messaging, your graphics, everything you've got is geared towards 
that peace of mind at the pure education stage. You're not trying to go offer, you know, very low level stuff like case studies and everything else. You're just trying to educate them about what's your position in the market? What are you doing? How are you doing things? Are you unique? And then a day later, that visitor or somebody else comes back to that page, six cents, because it's about a 24 hour, I think, time change for them. So 24 hours later, they say, hey, there's been a lot of activity going on. This company has now moved into decision stage or purchase stage. That whole experience is now going to change for that company. So dynamically, it's going to be a completely different page. There's no logos, no account reference, that kind of stuff yet. But now somebody's moving, again, based on whatever data signals one of, the, one of these you know, third parties is kind of telling us, right? And from that perspective, that's when you start to understand who's coming in, because we're capturing what the data in terms of who are these companies. It's anonymous until unless you have the demand capture piece going. So you could ungate all your data up front. You could gate it down below or gate some of it. And so you're like, hey, look, if you want this Gartner report, I need some information from you. Right. And at that point, now you know who people are. What you're able to go do is if you start seeing account activity, a lot of account activity, that's when you go create really more of a bespoke experience. And that bespoke experience is going to be, I'm going to have my rep in here. We're going to very we're going to have the rep start doing some outreach or the SDR. And we're going to start doing some very targeted ads, right? Because ABM is not about just firing out a bunch of display stuff. It's about how, what's my purpose, right? The purpose is I'm trying to get them and move them through to book, either book a demo or you're trying to accelerate an opportunity if, they've already, if they're already in pipeline. That's where we come in handy, right? That's where we come in. We're reading these signals. We can do those things. AI can be working to offer you know, relevant content. The page experiences can be dynamically changing based on what stage of buying they're in, where they are, if they like a certain product, whatever you want, right? It's the size of company and you know the old industry stuff as well, if you want to do the high-level ABM. So all those factors go into how you deliver that experience, and it's connected all the way through from the ad all the way into that website experience. And what we also start to see is website personalization coming in because nobody just stays on that page that you built for them, right? They're clicking out and they're going to go back to like, well, what's this website? Let me see this website. So if you're also using website personalization in there, which again is is something what we offer, right? So that's another piece of that puzzle so that you can now, again, change buttons, change text, change graphics, keeping the experience back to what you already probably do on this curated ABM side. So now the homepage is totally different because of who they are. And I think those are, you know, there's where you start to get the connected digital experience. You can even change CTAs to blend them back to that ABM experience again, if you want, right? So, I mean, there's, and, and we do that today ourselves, but I think that's what you're starting to see the rest of the, I guess, industries catch up to, whereas cybersecurity has been a little further leaning into that, at least the companies that, that we've been working with. So I think that's the interesting piece is you start to see cybersecurity leaning further into ABM and then subsequently, obviously pushing the envelope as of probably the last eight months ago into the customer success side. Like, hey, we, we spent all this money, we built these pages, and why not leverage them? Because we it, it's built. Let's leverage them now to go do some onboarding. Let's leverage them to keep talking to these accounts and just swap out the rep with the CSM in here and you're off to the races. And I think that, you know, it was rudimentary at first. I think you're starting to see companies and marketers get more advanced in terms of, okay, well, let's let's use this as a different use case because we've we've added security onto the pages you can lock it by you know people have to send you their email and you give them a code to get in or they have to have a, a valid domain with your you know valid email address and domain to get into the page so you get people that are where you're trying to be a little more hypersensitive not just it's an open page because none of these pages you can turn off seo and that kind of good stuff so but that's that's connected 
Yeah, and James, talk to us about, you mentioned earlier, it doesn't really take a lot to get started. Like, let's say it's a marketing team of one or two, and they're on Hushly, and they want to create some of these experiences that you described. Talk to us about what are sort of the required skills to get started. Like, do you have to know conversion rate optimization? Do you have to know HTML for the custom landing pages? Do you need to be a strong marketing ops person to get all of these set up? Is it possible for a generalist marketer to actually do all this? <laughs> no, I hear you. It is. I mean, so we're no code, right? So the idea is, and again, we've built the platform to get scale, right? And to be it for a marketer. So it doesn't, so you're not, because the problems today are, right? Marketing ops sometimes is the bottleneck. Hey, go build me five new pages. Go get me something else, right? And I think that's that's the idea for us is we did them with no code so that a marketer could go in there and set these pages. And it's just, you know, we've got templates. We're actually going to have templates across the platform now, which are, are coming out within a, a few weeks. So by the time we have the, our, our podcast here, it's going to be for your hub. You'll have a completely different look for your hubs, for your landing pages. And we have templates already that you can kind of do in ABM. What we're going to have more robust because we had such uh, basically knowledge now of what's been working. We're able to kind of build you know some good outlines and designs based on that. So I think that's that for one is making it easy for marketers to go set up, get yourself designed. You need marketing ops because you do have to do the field mapping to your marketing automation platform and select the fields. You have to set in your minimum data requirements, put your brand, you know, so you need the brand team, right? What's your brand guidelines? You got to load up your fonts and all that. So there's some basics that happen, which is normal onboarding. But generally, I think the biggest pieces are the content marketers, right? Because you need an asset taxonomy, right? So one of the cool things that we've got are when you load content in, you should have your catalog fields and your tags and all kind of stuff. Because what we're doing is we're going to take your assets and we're going to auto topic tag it. So if it's, let's say it's cybersecurity, I've got something on, I've got something on SACE versus endpoint versus whatever. I'm talking about different topics within there, right? And it's going to read that content and we're going to weight it. So it's going to say it's 10% about this, 30% about that and whatever else, right? So you're going to have three topics and give you weighting on it. So now as a, as a marketer, you can start to understand what content is being read and engaged with. And if you start to see that level of stuff, then you have an understanding of what do I need to be writing more of? And you can also see where you have you have gaps as well, because we're gonna have we have a basically a line of here's all the topics that we're covering that you care about. You only have you have 10% of your entire library covers this topic. Well, that's probably you should maybe go write a little more in there, right? So that's the cool stuff. It doesn't take much. If you set it up right, you can have, you know, we have field marketing teams using it just for ABM. We have demand gen marketers who are using it for sort of demand gen things, whether that's the content hubs, the you know, landing pages. And I think the content marketers, it gives them the ability to continue to work in their CMS or their DAM, right? And we just need a public URL. So if you make a change, we're going to catch those changes. So, I mean, there's, it's, it allows you to be pretty flexible and not break a lot of your process. And we integrate with what you care about, right? Whether that's going to be your marketing automation platform, if it's going to be your analytics platforms, if it's going to be your CRM, we're pumping data wherever you want to kind of take that data. Your RevOps platforms, as as you know, those are those are now, you know, sort of the, the new analytics platforms. The marketing team doesn't have to be big and you don't have to take everything at the end of the day, right? You don't have to do website personalization. You don't need any, so you can, you can do things as you see fit, it's none of it's hard. It's like, you know, it's drag and drop stuff and, you know, makes it easy for you. I think the cool thing about the platform, the two top things that are 
along with the fact that you can personalize to accounts and to individual people, which is really cool. I think the two cool things about it are that it pulls data in, but then also gives you those insights so that you can make better decisions. And then also the, the integrations and operations side of the house that matters a lot to us who are on smaller teams. And that's really important. James, if you're willing, can you talk? Cause I know you eat your own dog food, right? So, <laughs> you know, and we love looking at what other marketers are doing. Can you talk a little bit about how you, Hushly, are using Hushly at um, at Hushly? Wow, I said Hushly a lot. At Hushly <laughs> to maybe target, and you're a partner of ours, right? So you're right, supporting right. the Cybersecurity Marketing Society, and you have a big customer base in cybersecurity companies, marketers who at cybersecurity companies, and me and Maria and everyone listening can understand why, just because it's so difficult of an ind- you know, it's a complicated industry with a lot of players. How are you using Hushly to maybe target cybersecurity marketers? I'd love to learn more. <laughs> it's interesting. Cybersecurity is a big vertical for us. It's my number one vertical. So, boy, this is going to be funny. So, right. So what I'm doing now from a complete go-to-market perspective, because this is probably, it's probably more information than I'm sure my competitors would love to have. But so for me, is everything is targeting, right? So I've got stuff going out on LinkedIn. Uh, we're doing heavy ad you know, sort of traffic and, and that kind of stuff around uh, the cybersecurity and, and all, the, all the firms in, in various countries. And I'm driving them to two things. And one is instant fulfillment through LinkedIn, right? And if you have, if you're using LinkedIn and you're, and you're not using their form, like their form, it's one of the highest converters out there. It really is. But it's all, it's a lot of Gmails, right? 90% Gmails come through. We actually have a product, which is, I, I'm, I'm sort of the user of that one as well, which takes those Gmails. We pull them out of, I use HubSpot. So we just pull them out of our HubSpot. We go enrich those. We do the human verification on those. And then we push them back into HubSpots. Now they're actual marketable contacts. So a couple of my customers that are cybersecurity are now using that. And, and sort of, it's a brand new product that we sort of just come up with. Because for us, it was an amazing converter, right? And driving somebody somewhere else from there, we just saw conversions go down. So I said, well, let's just go fix it by making sure we can enrich. So that's, there's a whole digital thing that's happening on that front. And then on the other side of it, we've got our own, I use Bombora. So I'm using Bombora for my intents and everything from my, all my targeting that happens. I look at, I have, a, you know, 30 topics that I care about and you have to be looking at at least three and you got to throw a surge score of X, whatever. Right. So for me, I look at that on a weekly basis, what's coming through, who are the new accounts that we've got that are showing up and we begin to actively outbound against those. So both on the ad side, as well as, as coming straight through back through there on the email sites, we have emails and, you know, sequences going on that kind of stuff. Because right now, I'm just trying to get you familiar with who are you come to our, our website. I have turned on. So there's a couple things I have turned on. One is the website personalization. If you come in, you're going to get different. You'll get a different experience based on who you are, or you know, in terms of what if you're cybersecurity. I guess would be the idea. So if you're coming in through cybersecurity, you'll get a different experience. And I've got a brand new cybersecurity page that I will, I think, is going live or is live right now. That we also will be changing buttons. So it's like a hidden, like a hidden page, right? So we, that we're going to basically just be talking directly to you about that. And some things I'm changing you know, changing logos and that kind of stuff. So where you may see normal logos that we have for, you know, other big companies out there, I'm going to swap them out and put just the cybersecurity ones. Because again, it's trying to be relevant for who you are. Case studies, right? You know, we've got our cybersecurity case studies. I want to make sure those are a little more relevant coming in and, and, and more viewable. And then at the conversion layer, right? So when we're doing conversions, I'm looking through the lens of who's got the most engagement happening. 
And then we're, we start doing outbound with our ABM pages. So we have our reps sort of doing outbound and driving them back to our ABM pages, which is different than my cybersecurity page, because that shows here's my rep, please schedule a meeting with us, et cetera. And gets a little more personal, right? There's personal video in there and that kind of stuff. So there's there's different things that we're doing that are helping to drive that story and try to showcase what we're doing. I literally just created a, a brand new one pager for our event, for the RSA event coming up. So I have one just for cybersecurity because I actually had, I've got a good story there. So I wanted to tell it. I've got a cool report that we're coming out with. So every, every couple of years, we look at all of our data and like from all of our customers and we just aggregate that up. Like how are things converting? What channel converts the best? Is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? I mean, because we it's whatever you're using in UTMs and whatever we can kind of see because there's a lot of personalization that's happening. So, but it's also based on what we can use in our technology. So we just happen to have a lot of data around cybersecurity. So one of my older ones has got like cybersecurity is vertical and we can see what's kind of working there. My new data I'm uh, working on now, we'll have it out, I believe, actually probably before RSA, believe it or not. So for us, that's going to be kind of fun because I have a big cybersecurity vertical that I can share in terms of what's getting the best conversions, what channel gets the best conversions, which one's getting the most engagement, who engages with your content more, but maybe doesn't, doesn't convert, all kinds of fun stuff. So I will share that with the group. And, and once it does come out, just because I think it's kind of a fun read, at least specifically for cybersecurity. I was going to say, and our members... And our listeners are going to be the first set of eyes on that report, right? Hot off the press before anybody <laughs> else sees it. Sure. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. I give you a sneak peek. <laughs> nice. All right. And thanks for giving us a sneak peek under your stack too, James. That's always really fun. I love to look under the hood. I think it's time for us to play our game. Maria, I agree. All right. And this is a very contentious game because we were tied last year on it. And this year, Maria is winning. So, although we have, uh, you know, like uh, 50, 49 more weeks. So this game, we are going to guess what you would be doing if you were not the CMO of Hushly or in marketing at all. So, James, I think you would be an F1 race car driver. (laughs) And I didn't fully finish the rules, but that's my guess. Now Maria goes and then you tell us who's most right and then you tell us what the actual answer is. So, Maria? <laughs> Fine. I think you're a really good storyteller. Definitely captivating. You had my attention there the entire time, even through those long thoughts <laughs> and answers. So I think you would actually be great on TV, either some sort of reporter or like a TV show, TV host, something like that. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm not sure how to answer that one. <laughs> You both who have is more right? Wildly <laughs> who is more different right answers. Or who is more wrong? <laughs> uh, I mean, the newscaster one's interesting, or whatever you want to call it. I think the the TV personality would be interesting. I do like the F one aspect, though. That's an interesting one. Did I win? I I think I'm giving you the F one. I think I go with F one. <laughs> Yay! This is, I think, my first one of the year. It's it's like straight March. Like, Congrats. 2023 is finally good for you. <laughs> so, James, what would you be doing if? What would you actually be doing if you if someone said you cannot do marketing and you can't be in operations either? What would you be doing? Honestly, I would. I would. What I love to do is is tinker and go. You know, I'd love to go out there and be the person that builds houses and, you know, designs these crazy things, even uh-huh. if it means or flipping a house. But I think that would be, that's cool to me. I think it's kind of fun. It wasn't where I started my career for sure. I was, uh, believe it or not, on the undercover investigator side of the house. So there you go. 
Oh, I should have said a, t- you know, a, a reporter investigator. I don't know, an investigative reporter. I should have said that. And CIS, television, right? Or cops, right? There you go. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Maria's rubbing her her eyes in for, in disbelief at the things yeah, that I continue I, to say. I, I lost for like one tiny detail. That's okay. No. <laughs> All right. So James, thank you so much for being on today. Where can people, I mean, we're going to drop a ton of links in the show notes, of course, but where can people reach out to you if they want to learn more? LinkedIn for sure. Uh, and that's just James Gessinger or James at Hushley.com. I'm there. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on this episode. We can't wait to see you at RSA. Everyone listening, you heard at the beginning, we're having a party at RSA this year at the RSA conference this year. Make sure you go to the cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com website, check out the event section and register for the party. We can't wait to see you out there. And as always, give us a five-star review, a very positive rating, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening.